Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on today's episode, a little tendy talk. We'll take a look at potential options for the Jets between the pipes with Hellebuck likely out the door. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's get right into it here. Hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. Hope you enjoyed Father's Day weekend as well. A little golf, a little U.S. Open couple hundred beers whatever it might be i hope you guys had a good time and uh ready to go for a exciting week of off-season action set to kick underway it's been a little bit slow so far but hopefully things are going to start to pick up soon i mean they're gonna have to because the nhl draft in nashville is just about a week away so yeah i might want to might want to pick up on making some moves especially if you've got three to four pending ufas that are pretty significantly valued across the league i don't know that's just me but we'll see what happens over the next handful of days uh, but we got a little bit to talk about today even though there's been no action around the nhl just yet after the golden Knights stanley cup win so we'll get into that right off the bat uh doing so once again joining me is cjob's tyson rewicki tyson how we doing I'm doing good. It seems to starting to pick up now. It's a hot stove's getting hotter. I'm I'm ready for some moves. I think we see one. I think we see a big one in the next couple, maybe 48 hours. How about how about that? I'm not buying. I I fall for it almost every year that this is the biggest off season of movement. They they, they, they the insiders do this every year, and it's it's Charlie Brown time all over again. And now now the promise is well because the cap is flat and the free agent market is weak. There's going to be trades all over the place. You'll, you'll never see an offseason as wild in the trade. And then nothing happens because GMs lack creativity. So I'm, I, I, I'm just not I'm not holding my hopes out for it, Tyson. We'll, we'll see if something happens over the next few days. You know, it probably will because I'll be out of town and <laughs> away from the phone. So I won't be able to, to pick up on anything. But I don't know. Maybe it's just me being refusing to be naive and, and hopeful. Maybe it's just years of the the Flyers and the Jets just beating me down to the point that I don't expect too much positive to happen. But um, I don't know. Just a feeling that I I don't know outside of the obvious ones, at least from Winnipeg's perspective. I don't know if we're going to see a crazy amount of moves this offseason, but more than happy to be wrong here. Um, 
and obviously the big one for the Jets is kind of the, the focus of this entire episode for us here. And we'll get right into it. Sorry, no trivia to start off this week's episode. Um, I guess baby number two won. It's victorious this week. The, the, the little one won trivia because it's just like there's no tie. There's no tie for me to come up with even three questions, let alone a theme and everything like that. So uh, we'll see if we can pick it up for next week when things uh, start to get heated uh, in a few days' time. But we'll get right into the meat of it here. Uh, might be a bit of a short one, but either way, it'll be chock full of content. And it's really the biggest story of the offseason for the Jets, Tyson. Yes, they have a number of moves to make. Yes, the, the culture needs to be a reset. The composition of the team is going to get a major, major facelift. There's no doubt about that. But nobody else on the team can be considered one of the best in the planet at their position. And having done so for a number of years consecutively. And Connor Hellebuck is going to be the biggest domino that falls for this team. And I think ultimately will determine what their outlook is going to be for this season and the ones that come in the near future. And it's it, it's pretty wild that it's pretty much set in stone by the sounds of things. It's not a matter of if it's going to happen, but when. And so with that being the case, this isn't even necessarily a where is Connor Hellebuck going episode. Because I don't think anybody really knows that just yet. I think the most important question now is just going to be who the hell is starting game one between the pipes next year for Winnipeg and who might the backup be? That's the other thing. The Jets, if they move Hellebuck, will not have a goalie that's played professionally at the NHL level for them to start next season. So kind of big decisions need to be made here and there's some intriguing spots to be opened up for the club here. So let's take a look at some of the top options for the Jets, either the trade market or free agency, because even though it is a weak free agent class overall, there's some decent goalies out there and a fair amount of them. So whichever direction the Jets want to go, rebuild, retool, all that stuff, there's there's a decent amount of goalies for each of those options, which is really intriguing. Now, let me start off with this here, Tyson, and, and we'll get into who I think is the big name available for the Jets. And for me, he's my number one target, that if I could pick... Any goalie that's realistically available for the Jets to go after, this is the guy that that I'm zeroing in on. And I'm I'm intrigued to see if if you agree with me or not. Do you have a number one target in mind? I do. I think we have the same I'm I have a feeling that we have the same guy, to be honest. I think we do. Is that are you getting them through free agency or trade? Oh, it's a trade, baby. Oh, I think we got the same guy. To me, and it's pretty wild, too, that it's pretty, I mean, not even pretty. I, th- I think he's on the block and, and ready to go. But it may not necessarily be straight from a Connor Hellebuck trade. It might be somebody else gets moved or some assets get shipped around, all that. But to me, Tyson, the number one guy that's available, the Jets should be making a big, big push for is Jeremy Swayman of the yep. Boston Bruins. Yep. <laughs> all right. Great minds. Great minds. I mean... Pretty wild, too, if you look like if, if you took the name away and I know, you know, two, three seasons into his career, and he doesn't have a crazy amount of games under his belt like some of the other guys that might be out there. But, oh, my gosh, the games that he does have, he stops basically everything he sees. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's got a 920 save percentage in three seasons in the NHL. In the past two, he's played essentially half the campaign for the Boston Bruins. Uh, there's just, there's not too many, if any, 24 year olds in the NHL right now that have as good of numbers as he does at the NHL level. 
And I don't think the cost is going to be anything exorbitant either, which is wild. And to me, it's why I don't have Carter Hart as my number one, because I think Carter Hart is a better goalie than, than Jeremy Swayman. But I think the cost is just going to be too much. It doesn't make sense for the Jets. But Swayman is this perfect combination of youth. I would say high-end performance at the NHL level and then reasonable acquisition costs to go along with, I think, a reasonable salary demand as well on top of it. I, I, I think he checks off all the boxes. And you want to talk about trying to pave the way into a Connor Hellebuck-less future for the Winnipeg Jets? You could do a lot worse than having Jeremy Swayman be, hopefully, the next coming of 37. Yeah, I mean, you stole all my points right there with Swayman. <laughs> I think yeah. Swayman's the perfect he's the perfect acquisition for this Jets team going forward. And even you look, you take a look at a, a lot of other teams' goaltending situations, and there's really not a guy that's kind of in the same spot as Swayman that's proven it at the NHL level. Like the only other guy that I can maybe think of, and this is barring the Carolina Hurricanes signing, re-signing Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta potentially, but Pyotr Kochekov from Carolina. I think that would be the only other guy you could put potentially get but he signed to a nice long-term contract at only two million dollars a year for a guy that Carolina I think Carolina sees him as their goaltender of the future and that's why they do what smart franchises do and lock up their young talent before they start to actually hit their potential but yeah like you, you look at the free agent market too and the thing with a lot of goalies that are being rumored out there right now is that I don't know how they fit on this Jets team right like there's guys like Soros there's guys like Gibson. I mean, Gibson's not going to waive his no trade clause to come to Winnipeg. Soros seems like. Uh, kind of are big... you sure? <laughs> maybe, no. maybe he's got a he's got a sweet spot here. Maybe he's got a sweet spot here. But even like UC Soros, I don't see the Jets going from Hellebuck to Soros, and even Carter Hart, like pending the Hockey Canada investigation, which I think could be holding up a potential trade right now. I don't, I don't see too many other guys on the trade market for the Jets, and then you. You go to the free agent market, and it's a lot of kind of like the similar names. Like, do you want to roll in with a Freddie Anderson? Do you want to hope that Tristan Jari makes it out of Pittsburgh and you can claim him off the free agent pool? But you got to worry about injury history. Like, there's a lot of guys there that there's cons to them. There's pros and cons. And that's why I think the best situation, if Connor Hellebuck's traded and the Jets do want to contend this year, is I think you have to roll with a 1A, 1B approach. So, who that is, I'm not sure. I would like to see them take kind of a swing on one of those young, youngish goalies on the free agent market that haven't totally lived up to expectations after having that decent first year. And that would be Mackenzie Blackwood or Alex Nedeljkovic. I mean, I, it's especially Nedeljkovic. He has had some real struggles the past couple of years, but even on a team in Detroit where they bleed goals, they were bleeding goals last year. And I think Billy Huso is a solid goaltender and his numbers were terrible. Like, I, that's just a bad situation for a goaltender right now, especially last season. And I think that you can maybe, with a lesser workload, a less, lesser demand, I guess, from the fan base and from the from the city, I think a guy like Mackenzie Blackwood or Alex and Delkfish could potentially re-hit their stride that they hit earlier on in their career. We've seen goalies like Steve Mason even have that, where, you know, we all remember the stellar rookie of the year season. He struggles mightily, struggles mightily, struggles mightily, and he gets a second chance on – not a great Philadelphia team either, but he put up some solid numbers. And of course we all know what happened with him with the jets after that. But I think that that's the route that you have to take. You grab one of those two younger goalies and then you supplement him with a guy who's been around the league. And that can kind of right the ship if things aren't going their way for a stretch of games. 
Yeah, you, I mean, you didn't have to preface not great when you were talking about the Flyers there. It's just implied. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, like I mean, that's the thing. There's intriguing names on the free agent market, and it's it's kind of dependent on what you're looking for. Like you talked about some of the, I guess, reclamation projects there. There's those guys that would be more of the one B to backup type goalies. But I mean, Freddie Anderson, Fr- Fr- Freddie's just got great numbers. It was as long as he's healthy, right? Like that's a guy that could step in and maybe with a swayman, a guy, a guy that could come in and play 30, 40 games, something like that for you and, and, and give you high level numbers. You would think his playoff numbers have been really, really good, which is kind of surprising given his time there with the Maple Leafs. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's him. Varlamov is more of kind of the stopgap option. If you're looking for somebody for a year, maximum two years. And then you've got a couple of young ish goalies that are trying to find their footing in the NHL. I, I wonder a little bit about Tristan Jari, who I'll, I'll talk on a little bit later, um, depending on what the Jets do with the rest of their um, trades and, and goaltending movement. But Jari might not be a bad fallback option if Swayman or one of these other bigger names doesn't come to Winnipeg uh, with Connor Hellebuck heading out the door the other way. Um, one thing I want to touch on then, so we're both in on Swayman being the number one target for the Jets here. It's not going to be with the Hellebuck trade. I mean, they need to shed goaltending salary, which is obviously why they're moving Swayman Boston to begin with. Um, so it looks like that would be more of a, I don't know, is that is that a Dubois or a Shafley trade, Tyson? I, I don't I, even necessarily, I don't know if it's at either of them. I, would, I wouldn't hate to, flipping some of those assets and a potential Shafley oh. or Dubois trade and grabbing Swayman there because I just think outside of Swayman, there's not a whole lot that the Bruins have to offer. Well, so that's what I was going to ask. So let's just say Shifley is the man going to Boston in this situation. You know, gets to play behind Bergeron. Bergeron can teach him how to play defense, and everybody seemingly wins there. If, if it was Shifley to Boston, let's say it ends up being a first Swayman. When? when? <laughs> I don't know, even know when they have a first Boston again. Yeah, well, don't worry about that. It's a first round <laughs> pick at some point in, in, in at some point in humanity's timeline. They get a first round pick. Um, first and Swayman, would it have to be like a Fabian Lysel thrown into Boston's top prospect? Brandon Carlo is a name that's being thrown around for a team that needs to trim salary. Like the what what, what kind of a package would potentially make sense if the Jets were say shipping out Shifley to Boston? And Swayman is kind of the centerpiece of the deal. Is is Lysel too much, or can Carlo be a possibility? Do the Jets have to add to get in some of these guys? Well, I was I was actually thinking of Lysel, and you said you mentioned Brandon Carlo. I was thinking about Connor Clifton, and then I don't know if you'll be able to get a first with that with those two guys added on, but at least a second, conditional second that turned into a first, considering on the playoffs. I think that's the minimum, but. I, like we mentioned, I just think there's so much better trade offers there where I think that you could get Swayman, especially since the Bruins are kind of in a tough spot. I think that you can take advantage of that and get Swayman on a reduced price without even, I don't even think you'd have to give up a first. I think you give up, give up a second and one of your lower end D men that are on the trade block, whether that be Vili Hainala or Logan Stanley. Yeah, I, I would, I, I like that. I like that better than maybe just shipping out one of the big guys down there. That that could be a way that that works out for everybody. And that, that's the nice thing too with Swayman is that Boston. You're right, Boston has no leverage. Like everybody knows, they've got a trim salary to make any kind of additions, and it just seems 
beyond unlikely that they can go Ulmark and Swayman in the crease for one more season and then find a way to either, you know, replace Krejci, maybe even Bergeron if he retires, right? Um, so, I, yeah, that, that might be the more palatable way to go about it for the Jets. Does Chevy have that creativity in him? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I would say plead the fifth on that one. Like, I, may, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But either way, even if it is a Shifley going to Boston, right? Like, I, I, I just think that if you're looking to find a goalie to come in here to take over from Connor Hellebuck's spot, that's probably about as good as you're going to do in terms of bridging the gap between being competitive in the future and then being competitive. Now Swayman might be the only goalie available realistically that can do that for the Winnipeg jets. I mean, the other one would be Carter Hart, but again, I think we're both on the same page here. It just doesn't really make sense from the jets perspective to give up what seems to be an absolute haul for a guy, um, when you could basically give up half of that to get Jeremy Swayman, who's already, you know, debatable, but posted better numbers than Carter Hart, albeit on a better, more structured team. Um, but to me, yes, yeah, Swayman definitely has to be the way to go if the Jets were to pick their dream candidate um, to fill in between the pipes this upcoming season. So Swayman's number one. If Swayman's number one, Tyson, then how do you go about attacking the backup position? Because, again, that's kind of the other forgotten part of this offseason with so many other things to do is that Hellebuck's gone the Jets do not have a goalie under contract for the NHL this upcoming season is there a nice backup that that tickles your fancy or is it maybe more of a here's the profile that I'd be looking for to backup and then go out there and find that guy well if, if you're the Jets I think that you have to kind of take a swing on a goaltender like in a not necessarily throw a lot of money at a guy, but I think that you need to sort of, and you know, that it could be a name that we don't even know. Like they could, like I would not mind the jets kind of, and we've seen them already kind of go overseas and make make a decent pickup with, I think Oscar Salmon is going to be a solid, at least backup in the NHL when it's all said and done. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate going over overseas and seeing what other goaltending prospects or even, Semi prospects are available over there because we even we've seen in the double IHF this past tournament like there was a lot of guys who played in Europe that really stood out played played some solid hockey so I wouldn't hate looking over there I mentioned Mackenzie Blackwood Alex Nedeljkovic I think you take a swing on a reclamation project and see if you can strike gold there especially if you're going the route where you need a stopgap or you have a stopgap that's kind of like your one A if you're unable to swing a Swayman deal if you do get Swayman. I think that kind of changes things a little bit. Like maybe you want, you do want a solid backup veteran guy that he can kind of bounce off of. He had a great relationship with Linus Allmark. So I think that could be a big key. And, you know, it could be a Cam Talbot if he wants to come. And this is all depending on who wants to come here too, right? Like there's some backup goalies who are looking for more, let's say comfortable positions where you're not playing as much, but, I think getting the chance to still be a starter is still attractive to a lot of guys. And so I think a guy like Cam, yeah, like a guy like Cam Talbot, maybe Auntie Ranta, the injury concerns are a little bit iffy there, but you have Swayman. So there, there's a little bit of a lesser blow. So I think if you do get Swayman, sort of a veteran backup, if you don't get Swayman and you get a stopgap as your 1A, I would take a swing on a reclamation project. I kind of like, I like Ranta as a, as a backup. I think you could do a lot worse than a guy like Antti Ronda coming in. It's, it's funny you mention 
guys that want to be here and guys that want to sign here because that's part of the reasoning for I don't know if it's my dream scenario, but just something that I think would fit well here with the Jets. How, how about Laurent Brassois 2.0 coming back here to the city to be the backup goalie in Winnipeg? Had himself I mean, a pretty damn good playoff run. He comes with a Stanley Cup now. I mean, he obviously likes it here. Loves Wade Flair. I mean, Wade Flaherty resurrected his career, right? And it's, it's, you can thank him and the, and the Jets in all reality, too, for him you know, making some dough and, and winning some some hardware. I, I I wouldn't mind that. I mean, he's a he's a great dude. He's, he obviously is okay with playing in Winnipeg. I think he could do I think he could do a lot worse than a Swayman Brassois tandem. And I this think- I think gives you know gives Swayman the lion's share of minutes, but you're not relying on him to do the hell of it. You know, play 55 plus games. You could do something much closer to maybe 45 at, at absolute most 50 for Swayman. And I think you feel pretty comfortable giving Brassois at least 30 games as the backup goalie. And you know what? Now that he's got a Stanley Cup ring behind him, maybe, maybe this is the nice spot for him to continue his career. I agree with all that. I will give a little bit more of a pessimistic take. And I'm really worried about his hip injuries. Yeah. And, like the, and, and I hate to say it because he is such a great guy, like you mentioned, but he, whatever, he did not he re-injured himself in the playoffs and that's just it's too many hip injuries for a goaltender and they they don't go away like those problems are not going to get better as you age as a goaltender with the current style that's being played it's just tyson your hips hips for anybody do not get better as you age i know goaltender a goaltender you might as well say bye-bye to to using your hips in your 40s right oh exactly and then that's that that's why i worry about it and so with Hellebuck, it's a little different because he's not getting those 30 games. The 30 games, that's, that's a decent chunk for a guy like Laurent Swan. I just, I would, I also would, I wouldn't mind giving Arvid Holm and Oscar Salmon in some games in the NHL at some point. So the injury might not be the biggest concern, but you have to be very well prepared that he might not finish the season. And I think that's a real yeah, concern. I, I, I don't know if I want Holm or Salmon in playing any games anytime soon this season. Um, I, you know, and I, I, it's funny. I mean, you're right. Like with the, with the hip injury, that is certainly concerning, but I think the reason Brassois got hurt is why I'm actually okay with him coming over because that was him playing. What was that? Like game two or three of the Vegas or the Edmonton series played seven, eight games in a row. That that's why probably why he got hurt. That That's not going to be the situation for him either in Winnipeg or wherever else he goes. Right. Like I, I, I mean, the max he's going to play in a row would be something like three or four. So I, I would take the risk on that. And I think I think I'll lean a little bit more towards the intangible side of things of it's always nice to have a guy that you know wants to be here. And I think Brassois fits the bill there. I, I mean, look, the, the, whoever the Jets bring in as a backup is going to have some some pretty big risks and flaws in his game, right? Like, it's extremely rare to have a... Yeah. Boston is the outlier where you don't have a worry about who your backup goalie is. You know, whether it's Anderson, whether it's Aranta. I mean, Ron, Ronta has his own injury history yeah. as well. Maybe even worse than uh, than, than what Laurent Brassois This is his whole body. Yeah, it's yeah, body. Concern. Body injury, right? So, yeah, I, like, there, there's going to be – I mean, that's why these guys are, you know, for the most part available here. So, it's just going to be minimizing your risk to an extent, but I think also just being – aware and cognizant of the situation that you're in. And like, I, I don't think Freddie is going to be much of a hope for the jets here, but 
maybe Aranta, maybe a Varlamov, but probably not. But I think Brassois is kind of that sweet spot of he can come in here and, you know, get a decent amount of games. Mm, competing and winning might not be at the, the peak of his mind right now, but he'll have a really good chance to play a ton of games in Winnipeg. And he might not get that chance anywhere else in the NHL, wherever he signs as a backup, maybe even a, a two or a three, be guaranteed the two spot here in Winnipeg. Um, one thing I want to mention before we wrap up the episode, Tyson. Swayman obviously would be the ideal solution to Connor Hellebuck leaving. Also very likely that doesn't happen. Maybe more likely it doesn't happen than it does happen. So what to do if the Jets can't pull in Jeremy Swayman? Obviously it's not an ideal situation at that point. I I think if you're Winnipeg and, and Swayman doesn't make his way down here, I think you can get into a lot of trouble trying to chase and go after somebody that can be your next Connor Hellebuck. It's just going to be tough to find that guy. And I think you get into a lot of trouble, spend too many assets, spend too much cap to try to maybe go out there and find that guy just because you have to um, find, find somebody that is you know worthy of, of filling the hole that 37 left behind. But instead of that, what would you think about a more short, short-term solution to those issues? And I kind of wouldn't mind taking a bit of a flyer on Tristan Jari, who's an unrestricted free agent. So again, nice. That doesn't cost the Jets any assets to get this one done. But again, <laughs> and of course, surprise, surprise, take a shot. Injury injury issues are certainly going to be something you have to deal with with Tristan Jari. But I mean, 27 years old? His performance has been really good when he's out there on the ice. You'll have to find a very capable 1B to his 1A. How do you feel about rolling the dice on, on Tristan Jari? Maybe just for, not, not like a three, four-year deal, five million per, but just giving him a short-term deal. Hey, try to prove it to us and the rest of the NHL that you're a starter. If it works out great for us, you know, hey, we'll we'll revisit this in a couple of years. Maybe you go get a big buddy deal somewhere else. But I think that might be my my fallback option, my number two. If I if I had to pick it, Swayman wasn't coming to Winnipeg. I I think Tristan Jari would be just fine as a guy that could start for the team for a year at least until you figure out what to do after that. Yeah, for sure. And like, if your goal is to still have a competitive team, Tristan Jari is the best goalie on the free agent market regardless of his injury histories because you can even same thing with freddie injury history right and those are those two guys are probably the top two goaltenders in this class so you'd be getting the the top goalie in the free agent class like that would be a big swing it would be a big boost to to the kind of notion that players don't want to be here that you can act that you could get a big name free agent to come over here even if you might have to overpay a little bit on a two-year deal or whatever yeah i was gonna say like i mean a perfect world might be a one year, hey, we'll give you maybe a million, million and a half more than anybody else is offering you per season. You get that one year. And I, I, I think this is where the Jets are actually going to have a leg up on the rest of the NHL. If it comes down to this, you'll be our number one starter. You will not be guaranteed that anywhere else. Our number one guy, we might have a semi-competitive team depending on what happens here. If you like it here, then hey, you sign long term and everybody's happy. And if you don't, well, you just built up your value all over again. The cap is going to explode this upcoming season. And just go ahead and shop your services around to the rest of the NHL. The Jets might be one of the lone teams that can offer a 
no doubt about it, number one job to one of these guys. And I think that's a big thing in free agency, especially when it comes to goalies more so than any of the other positions. Yeah. And then that's what you have to hope for. If you if you truly want to be competitive this year, you need a legitimate Connor Hellebuck replacement. And there's not too many guys on the free agent market. There's some guys on the trade market, but I don't know if you're going to be able to give up the assets needed. So Tristan Jari is the most logical solution there. He's free. He's youngish. He's played good. Just hope that he stays healthy for a year. And worst case, too, you can always flip him at the deadline if things really yeah, go south and he's got exactly. good numbers. That's exactly it. Yeah, I, I mean, it could could be worse. I, I I don't think the Jets are going to go into this season, regardless of what happens, with an absolute black hole in that. I, I think they'll get a competent guy at the very least. Now, depending on how or, or what this team's intentions are, that could be good. That could be bad. But um, at, at the very least, it may not be Vesna level goaltending that that, that that the Jets are getting, but they should have somebody that can at least hold the fort down for a year, and maybe this is something the club revisits sometime next year. Or maybe we're talking about going from Hellebuck to Swayman is the Jets' version of going from Favre to Rogers. Who knows? That that's the <laughs> ideal one. We'll we'll see if the Jets are able to pull that off. Um. Awesome. Yeah, well, I, I think that's going to be it for the episode here for the goaltending talk. Let us know if we missed anybody, somebody that you think the Jets should go after that maybe we didn't touch on. Maybe you think Carter Hart might be the solution to the Jets problem, the heir apparent to Connor Hellebuck. Uh, but let us know. Give us a shout out on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewiki at Tyson Rewiki at Skates Plates Pod. Um, quickly, Tyson, let's end the episode on a high note here. Name the most random goalie you can think of that you were a big fan of. Over the last mm-hmm. however many years, but give me a random goalie that you're just like, oh yeah, if that guy could play for the Jets this upcoming season, I don't even care. Like I, I don't need All Star worst, but, but just a random guy that you would like to see play for the Jets this year. All time, time travel, time travel. I might, I'm gonna throw Matthew Giron. <laughs> I didn't, I could never have expected that answer. <laughs> I, I'll just, I always remember Matthew Giron making the most absurd saves. And he was like, like he would always, he was the king of the f- glove flash. Him and Jonas Hiller, they're both those guys, but and both are righties, two right-handed gloves. And there was just something about like he, you could, you could always count on like there would be a game where Matthew Giron would play, especially when he was playing for the Lightning, where he'd let in like two just god awful goals. And you're like, who, like, well, how's this guy in the NHL? And then it would be a pass across, and he's like torn his groin in a million different pieces and he still gets a toe on it like it was he's just that sort of goalie and Matthew Guerra would be 1A and then my 1B would probably be Peter Budai uh, <laughs> always a big fan of Peter Budai <laughs> I'll give you that was way better than I anticipated I, I thought you were just gonna <laughs> name some loser from like 08 that's Garon Budai the Jets would not be good but <laughs> I love it Wait, wasn't Peter Budai was a part of the Jets for a bit was, was he? he? I, I don't think he was. I th- I could have sworn that he played for the uh for the Ice Caps. Oh, for the oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I th- I thought you meant the Jets, but no, that's yeah. That that's yeah. He was the AHL goalie for. I mean, not for very long. I don't. I don't even know if he got a double digit game. I think he left midway through one of the seasons. If if I can remember correctly here. Yeah, I'm just looking at this. It says, so Peter Budai and Patrick Holland were traded to the Winnipeg Jets in return for Eric Tangrady. Peter Budai was waived less than a day later. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I was right. Yeah, he just refused to to go to the Ice Caps. That's (laughs) hilarious. Oh, my goodness. 
And the first name that came to my head, I would just I would just love to see him play in this era. Both in terms of basically everybody's a butterfly goalie now, and with the social media aspect surrounding all of pro sports, I would love to see the Jets get Roman Chechmanic. Oh that would be just uh, he might be the greatest goalie in NHL history that was booted out of the league after like four seasons. <laughs> he, he had like a 940 save percentage every year. The Flyers were just like, we we will actually fight this guy if he's coming back this year. <laughs> and then he went to LA, was good for a year there. And then he just, I he just went into the wilderness. He was like Bruce Gallup. He just was never heard from again. <laughs> and he was a guy that I mean, he used his head to stop the puck more than any other body part that he had. And I don't, I don't know if I mean, he might have went down on the ice on his in the butterfly like two or three times a game. So I'd be intrigued to see how that pulled, uh, how he'd be able to pull that one off. Uh, the other guy that I thought of too, but this was only applicable if the Jets were looking at a deadline pickup to go on a run. Would love to have Dwayne Rollison go on. A, I was a, thinking, a big I was actually thinking run. Rolly too. <laughs> oh yeah, we want Rolly the goalie to come in and, and save the day. There, I was always a big Dwayne Rollison fan. Um, Chechmanic Rollison. I'm going Mar- I'm I'm to throw in Marty Turco too. Oh, Marty Turco he, was always yeah, he, he was just good. He's just a crazy good goalie. <laughs> I think, I think he's really underrated, like, for goalies for the last, like, 20, 25 years. And, and Broder always got all the love for handling the puck. Turco, yeah, Turco was, was better than him. Way better. Yeah. Marty Turco is better than Marty Broder. No, I don't know if I'd go that far. Maybe. Let's do it. Let's, no, let's go in deep. Let's break it down. <laughs> okay, we'll do that next episode. <laughs> Turco, Bro- Turco Broder truther talk. Is Marty Turco the best Marty in NHL history? Um, beauty. All right, let's end it there, Tice. That's about as awful as we can do to cap off an episode there. Uh, so that'll be it for this one, and that'll be it for this week for us. I'm going to be out of town on a work retreat, so uh, no laptop, no microphone with me. So we'll uh, call it a week right there and get right back at it next week. A busy, 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 busy week on tap for the Jets. So we'll, uh, I'm sure, have plenty to get into when we get into our next episode. Uh, we'll schedule it for, we'll go back to the Tuesday, Friday that we usually do set up, unless the Jets make a move on either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. I'll be back Friday afternoon. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. If something big happens, we'll make sure to break it down for you guys after it goes down. But if not, we'll talk to everybody on Tuesday, getting ready for NHL Draft Week. That's right. It's here. It's here, Dyson. We'll see how many picks the Jets might be making in that first round and where they're making them. Uh, But either way, there's going to be more than enough time to talk Jets and the rest of the NHL next week. Uh, But until then, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. We'll talk to you guys sometime soon, but likely Tuesday morning. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Weekend, have a safe, happy, fun time, and stay out of the heat, everybody. Peace.